0: Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. My name is George Scott, Editor-in-Chief of Bike Radar, and today I'm joined by Catherine Moore, a regular contributor to both BikeRadar.com and the Bike Radar Podcast, and Jack Evans, digital writer on BikeRadar.com. Good to see you again, Catherine.
2: Hi, how's it going?
0: Very good, thank you. And good to see you again, Jack. Hi, George. How are you? Very good, thank you. It's good to have you both on, on the podcast this afternoon. So today we're going to talk about gravel bikes, but more specifically gravel bike tyres. So before we kind of get stuck into the nitty gritty, because we're going to hopefully tell you, our listeners, how to choose the best gravel tyre for your bike. Uh, let's going kind to of start with you, Catherine, because you're someone who's very well known as a, as a freelance <laughs> cycling journalist and cycling writer, as a, a gravel pioneer, someone who's kind of been in the gravel scene <laughs> for a number of years now. So can you give us a bit of background as to kind of how you started on gravel bikes?
2: Yeah, great. Um, So I was very much a roadie um, before I ever uh, touched anything off-road. And I think before gravel came into my life, I did a season of cyclocross in my uh, hometown of Bristol, which was absolutely mega, great fun, sliding around on the mud, which is obviously completely different to any sensation that you'll have um, on the road and something that you have to sort of learn to get used to. And then um, just as I was sort of starting out in my cycling journalism career, I was invited on a trip to the Cairngorms to ride for three days um, for a cycling brand making a video. And it was the first time I'd ridden a gravel bike on gravel. And um, I think I'd had a road crash not too long before that on a bit of gravel. So I was actually just really scared <laughs> to start with. But we had a mega crew. And yeah, after three days, as you can imagine, riding out of Fort William after the sleeper train to Bothies and these incredible um, expanses of just wilderness, um, I caught the bug and never really looked back. I, I had the bike then for a little test. And ended up buying it because I loved it so much. And yeah, so I've probably been riding off-road on gravel and various multiple different terrain for sort of five, maybe even six years now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and, and and gravel riding and, and gravel bikes and, and gravel tyres have evolved significantly since then. But you know, you've kind of touched upon a few things that um, we'll talk about today in terms of trying to match a tyre to the terrain you're riding with. It's kind of um road or light off road or deep into the wilderness in in the Cairngorms, um but also to to kind of tease a, a forthcoming series on the bike radar podcast we're going to delve a bit more into into gravel riding over the course of a, an eight week series in in the coming weeks so we'll we'll kind of revisit some of those topics then as well um, but just to deviate off off track a bit you have returned to the road More recently, haven't you, for some testing for for Bike of the Year, for for Bike Raider and for Cycling Plus magazine?
2: Yeah, so I'm currently heading up the women's category for Bike of the Year on the road, which is great fun because just as trying something different going into the off-road sphere has been really, really fun, also coming back um, and doing a lot more road riding recently, they're just different. And I think, you know, sometimes people make up these silly rivalries between different cycling disciplines. But, like, all bikes are good in my eyes and it's just fun to mix it up. They've all got their different characters and qualities, so yeah, it's been really good fun.
0: Good stuff. Well, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll hear more about that, and and both on the podcast and uh, there'll be plenty on the site about bike of the year and women's bike of the year. So we'll, we'll look forward to reading your reviews there. So Jack, let's let's go to you. Can you tell us a bit more about your your gravel story? Because you're a keen road rider, but you also have a, a canyon Grail. So you know what's um you know what's your kind of gravel background and what type of
1: riding do you do? Yeah. So I um my riding at a very young age was exclusively mountain biking. Um, I sort of uh, dropped out of it through sixth form and then university where I I was just commuting on a road bike. Um, Picked up a road bike um, in about 2016 and and gradually started doing more until um, probably 2020 um, when, um, yeah, started, joined a club, um, uh, guerrilla coffee cycling in Birmingham and started doing a lot more road riding. Um, And it was actually that summer that I thought, it would be really, really cool to try a gravel bike to sort of link up um, the road riding and mountain biking. Because um, I didn't really want to go back to mountain biking because I didn't particularly enjoy the more technical side of it. And I quite like the speed of road, ri- road riding. Um, and yeah, I waited six months for the Canyon Grail to come through. And um, I think started riding that in January 2021. 20, and since then, I've done absolutely all sorts on it from actual gravel, to just muddy bridleways around um, towpaths, um, a, a, a cyclocross season, and um, my first uh, bikepacking long bikepacking trip um, a couple of weeks ago across Wales and back. Yeah, I mean that that kind of um, need
0: for versatility is something we'll probably come back to numerous times over the course of the next uh, forty-five minutes or so, because you know gravel means different things to to different people. In the US, you have a kind of endless network of genuine gravel roads in the UK, less so. So it's a, a bit of gravel, it's light mountain bike trails, and, and in the winter, it's just mud and, and glue. <laughs> and so trying to find a a, a single tyre to to kind of conquer all of that kind of terrain and, and all of those conditions is difficult, if not impossible. But I think whenever we talk about bikes, you know, we often refer to um, tyres as being so important and such a, a worthwhile upgrade Uh, you know, obviously it's the only contact patch between the bike and and the road. So it has a significant impact just on how the bike feels, but it influences speed and, and grip and even handling. Um, and as I say, you know, with the, the really wide variety of, uh, terrain and, um, you know, kind of riding that a gravel bike can be set to choosing the right tire to, to kind of match against your, your kind of goals and your intentions is really important. So, um, you know, Catherine, do you want to kind of just kick us off there as to, um, I suppose, describe your typical riding year. What do you personally look, like, uh, look for in, in a gravel tyre or does it depend on time of year or, you know, what plans you've got mm. coming up?
2: Yeah, it depends on a lot of different things. And actually, over the last few years, I've been really lucky that I've reviewed a lot of tyres. So um, I've been able to experiment with different treads and I sort of see gravel tyres on this spectrum. and on the first axis, it's like speed priority or grip priority, and you can't have both easily. So I've towards the start of my gravel riding career, that's a terrible word for it. <laughs> um, I started really going for the grip side of things because I thought I'd much rather have more grip and just be a little bit slower. Um, when I first started gravel riding, I used to go out with my friend Lucy. And we'd get to like a little muddy patch and I'd be so scared that I'd unclip ready to dab and she'd be like, clip back in! <laughs> <laughs> and I managed to uh, eventually shake that little habit.
0: Just dive but through the puddle.
2: Yeah, now I just absolutely love it, going through all the splashy bits. But um, so I started off going much more for the grippier tyres with a lot more aggressive tread. i say more recently I've been trying lesser treaded tyres. Um, I think it just depends so much on how much of your riding is on the road and how much is off-road, pretty um, dependent on where you live. If you're going out for like a single ride in around your hometown versus if you're going for a seven-day bikepacking trip into the wilderness, then something like puncture protection might be a different priority. There's so many different factors, and that's why when people say, oh, what would you recommend, it's not just a one- you know, a one-hit answer is just exactly the same as, you know, finding the right gravel bike for you, etc. um So, yeah, loads of different things at play there.
0: Mm, yeah, and, and, and we'll we'll kind of cover some of those factors in, in more detail. So uh wheel size or, uh, you know, whether you should be running uh, inner tubes or, or tubeless, tread pattern is, is really key, as you've said, Catherine, Um tyre width and then also uh puncture protection because, you know, finding the best tyre or the right tyre for whatever your plans are is is yeah, it's a combination of all those factors and ultimately there's probably going to be um a compromise somewhere. Um mm-hmm. but hopefully we can impart some useful advice to help our dear listeners find find the the perfect tire for them. So um what I should also say is we've got um all of our reviews on on and our buyer's guide that distills a lot of this information into uh into words and pictures if uh, if you want to kind of digest it in your own time and and, and lots of the reviews that Catherine has done. Uh, and spoken about over the uh, the recent weeks and months. So um should we start with wheel size? You know, Jack, what what size wheels do you run on on your gravel bike because uh, whilst the vast majority of road bikes run 700c wheels, there is a split when it comes to gravel bikes, isn't there?
1: Yeah, so um because of the size of my Canyon Grail, um it's actually an extra large um frame which means that 650 B wheels are not um, compatible with that they're only they only fit the smaller sizes of the grail Uh, so that removes the the choice for me but um though that kind of option would be would be of interest to people who are aiming at the more rugged end of gravel riding um more sort of on mountain bike territory whereas I think the the appeal of the 700c wheels is is for the sort of faster riding and probably more um it's probably a more ver- versatile w- wheel size as well because um, uh, inevitably you do end up doing quite a lot of your gravel riding on the road uh, nipping between sections
0: mm, and i think you know for someone buying a, a, a gravel tire i suppose that kind of decision is to 650b or 700c partly it'll it'll probably be influenced or decided by what uh, wheel size you've already got on your bike um but that's the kind of first decision to make because that will then um, potentially open up or limit the selection of tyres you can choose from. So, Catherine, you can can you kind of talk us through some of the pros and cons of both wheel sizes?
2: Yeah, definitely. So, I guess you'd probably look at 700c as a sort of standard. It's what we're used to on the road. Um, and modern gravel bikes, so if you're going to go and buy a new 2022 model, tend to generally have really good clearance for 700c wheels now. Um, a lot of models are about 45 mil tyre maximum clearance. Of course, that includes your, um, I think it's six mil of clearance as the industry standard on either side, um, which you will need <laughs> for mud clearance and stones and things unless you want to scrape away not only your paint job, but also part of your frame. I would not <laughs> recommend squeezing tyres in. Um, been there, done that. Um, so, modern gravel bikes, I think offer you the tyre clearance for a really good, you know, 45mm tyre is, I think, more than enough for a lot of people. Um, But also gives you, it's said to be like faster rolling than a 650B. You also get, I think, a much better choice of tyres at 700C because that sort of seemed to be the standard um, for a long time. Whereas um, if you move to 650B, then there's probably fewer options And the options that you do get with 650B, because obviously it's a narrower diameter, then it tends to cater for wider tyres. They tend to be around 45, 47, maybe up to 2.1 inches. Whereas, um, for example, if you're a shorter rider and you're using 650B wheels because that gives you a better um, proportion or geometry on your bike, then you might find that the number of available tires that are narrower than forty-five C um, in the gravel spectrum for your bike, there's there's a lot less choice. Um, so yeah, six fifty B does allow you if you have have tight clearances. So perhaps you're buying a second hand bike, or um, you've got a bike in the shed that's um, you know a few years old already. Um, you might find that the tire clearance is a little bit narrower for seven hundred C. So by Using a 650b wheel set, you're able to put um, chunkier tires on that, and of course that will allow you to run slightly lower pressures, which is really beneficial. Like when Jack said, if you are tackling the r- more rugged side of gravel, um, and also comfort. So if you have more rubber on there, a bit more stable and more comfortable, which is really handy if you're doing something like a bike packing trip, whether that's you know an overnight or a week long, as if you're adding weight to your bike in terms of luggage. Um, then that can really help as well.
0: Mm, yeah, and, and that's a that's a really good point around um, the the kind of increased clearance on on the latest gravel bikes. That, that mm-hmm. has been a real trend. And uh, whilst a few years ago there was perhaps more of a split between 650B and 700C, um, as you say, 700C has become much more standardised now. Um, and so that's where we see most of the tyres.
2: Yeah, and I've interviewed a few people re- recently from um, wheel and tyre brands that are, it seems to be going towards more and more availability of 700c gravel wheel sets and a greater availability of 700c wider um, width gravel tyres as well. So we're seeing now more and more releases of 700 by 47 plus, um, these sort of like monster gravel or whatever you want to call it. um, And the bikes to go with them, so like the Cotic Cascade that's been released this year, for example, that can take these really sort of monster Tires, you know really into cross-country mountain bike territory um which gives you so much capability over the rough stuff and i think because there's been this real boom in the ultra scene for off-road riding as well um then yeah there it only seems to be trending towards bigger more capable tires for that side of things obviously there's still um a huge development on the racing side of things where you're typically looking at 700c tyres by around 40c, um, maybe even less depending on where you are in the world. But um, it is really interesting to see these trends now that gravel's been around for a few years. Um, yeah.
0: Mm. And, and, and Jack, the uh, I think Canyon would say that the Grail, you know, whilst it's a very versatile bike, it is perhaps their kind of slightly racier gravel bike and they've launched the, the Grizzle now as the, the more rugged option. Um, I think I'm right in saying that the Grail comes with
1: a 40 millimeter tire as standard. Is that is that what you've got in it at the minute? Um, it's not actually what I've got in at the minute, but it did. That's uh, that. Those were the stock tires. Um, I think they were Schwalbe uh, G1 Bites, which are actually for a stock tire. Pretty. Uh, I found them a really really good option. Um, mm. Not not the gri- not the grippiest in real mud, but um, yeah, def- definitely uh like a, a, a good uh, a, a good tire for um and anything from like hard surfaces the road to um to, yeah some some quite slippery rocks um but what what actually came back from um my bikepacking trip uh was some 35 mil um quite quite small knob gravel tires um which were which were, it, it was it was a big compromise really because um there was quite a lot of off-road um taking the uh, national cycle route 47 through the valleys which was Forty kilometres of gravel tracks, and then um, quite a lot of um, a rougher roads as well. So it was, it was, it was, it, was, it was a big compromise. It wasn't quite perfect for anything, but overall, I thought it was quite a good choice.
0: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize actually that you did that on on your gravel bike. I thought you did it on 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 your road bike, which makes which makes it even more impressive because that was a pretty a pretty chunky ride what was the um the total distance over the course of the week this is in the middle of march by the way before <laughs> anyone based in the uk will
1: know that that's not perhaps a particularly kind of conducive time to be to be bikepacking yeah this was very much uh sort of credit card bikepacking staying in, in B's, <laughs> which i was very thankful for after three very wet uh welsh days um yeah so it was just shy of uh, 800 kilometers over uh, uh, five rides um so some quite uh, some quite long days um and yeah carrying not too much stuff obviously because I wasn't camping but um it was about 370 kilometers over from Chepstow to Fishguard um and then slightly longer coming back along the coastline which was very hilly indeed especially around Pembrokeshire so um yeah the canyon the the weight of the the canyon grail was not um uh I was, not, I was not thankful for that on some of the steep 25% climbs, but overall it's actually really comfortable to ride. I think the more upright position and the ability to um, put lots of bags on it made it actually a really good choice. Um, and when, when you do go for the, the um, sort of slimmer tread um, gravel tires, they do roll okay on the road. I mean, you're not going to be putting in sort of 20 mile an hour average for three hours, but um, yeah, they, they do hum along.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had a, a continental Terra speed on my gravel bike for for quite a long time now, and it's it's in a forty millimeter width, but in a six fifty B diameter, and yeah, I mean, it, it it rolls fine on the road. You know, if you're kind of going out on fast kind of chain gangs or group rides, then you know perhaps it's not the best setup. But if you're just kind of out cruising on your own and doing mostly road, but kind of dipping off off road onto um, fairly kind of light off road terrain, then you know it's it's a pretty kind of nippy tire to have. Very. Uh, similar to the to the setup that you'd have, so um, I think that's kind of wheel size covered. You know, as we say, you know, seven hundred C for most people is likely going to be the the kind of the the more common option uh, on the latest bikes. But six hundred and fifty B is definitely a, a kind of smart choice if you are looking for something uh, wider or more rugged or potentially for a, a smaller frame size. So um, let's move on to the uh, another age old debate, or, or certainly kind of a recent <laughs> one, and that's kind of inner tubes versus tubeless and and for me this is quite an easy one to answer I think kind of tubeless is absolutely the way to go for for gravel and same for mountain biking but perhaps more controversial on the road but um, what are your thoughts on this one Catherine?
2: My friends and I have a saying it's a a little bit naughty I'll let you fill in the blanks tubeless or GTFO (laughs) and I think that sums up my attitude toward tubeless (laughs) I'm very pro um, pro tubeless and I'm also I have to gloat for once I'm now pro level tubeless setup um, because I've changed my tires so many times having um, been testing so many of them Um, I think the thing that puts people off tubeless is perhaps a setup and yeah in the first couple of years of using tubeless everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong but you just learn from it it's just like other aspects of mechanics on your bike so you know uh, rim and valve incompatibility, or not having the rim tape done properly, or the right width, or um, loads of other things, how to plug a hole, or when you need to use a tyre boot, and things like that. And it's all stuff that comes with experience. Um, but once you're confident and you've got the right tools, you've got the right spurs. Um, Every time I come to take a tyre off, whether I'm changing it for a test or it's re- reached the end of its useful life, um, and then it usually goes on my town bike with a tube in it, um, I always find thorns or glass or all these things that I didn't even know I had a puncture, you know? I just mm. think it's amazing for off-road use. Yeah, really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, as I say, for, for me, it really it really makes sense. And you know, what, what have you got? Uh, I suppose, kind of ignoring the fact that you've slimmed down your tire choice recently, um, Jack, what would be your kind of regular setup on uh, on your gravel bike? Would it be tubed or tubeless? Yeah, um, a
1: Luddite over here, is still, <laughs> uh, still running inner tubes, even off road. Which oh, is uh, oh, should we just end end the podcast here? Yeah. I know, We're I can't believe I, uh, um, you let me on. Uh, obviously, <laughs> did, I sprung a surprise on you with that.
0: <laughs> well, it's good to have both both sides of the camp um, represented, and I, and I can just referee in the middle. So
1: yeah, con- continue, Jack. Yeah, it's not actually. Um, it's tubeless is something I'm yet to try. Um, I think because I've haven't actually been um, riding regularly for that long at all. In the, um, I'm still yeah getting to grips. Uh, well, trying to learn mechanical skills and um, yeah, sort of dealing with tubeless tires is not something I've um, like yeah plunged into. But I did. There was a point um, when I was coming back through some very wet um, countryside um, from Tenby to Mumbles and um, apparently uh, they they trimmed the head just quite early. So mm-hmm. by the time I got 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 through um, in the rain, two massive thorns had uh, punctured. So the next morning I had um, to fix yeah front and back puncture and um, that is definitely the downside of inner tubes. However, um, <laughs> I'd much prefer to do that. And deal with some sort of tubeless disaster that my clubmates who run tubeless seem to be having quite regularly. Um, mm. And yeah, that was the reason I, I went for tubes because it was something familiar. And I knew that if it went wrong, it's quite easy to fix. Although I might have to deal with more punctures and, all, and sort of an all out disaster um, probably wouldn't have resulted. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um,
0: is often, you know, rightly still the case for for inner tubes it's it's familiar and um fixable on on the road and um you know whilst you not might not have an endless supply of of inner tubes you can and should patch them so um you know not necessarily a a bad shout for a a bike packing trip like yours in particular but um you know Catherine, what what for you are the the kind of the main pros of a tubeless setup you know let's you know can you give uh, jack the 60 second elevator pitch
2: (laughs) um like you said thorns glass um, other things um, any sort of yeah anything that could puncture an inner tube essentially you've got the sealant there to back you up as long as your sealant's in there using the right amount and you haven't let it go dry because that's obviously something that can happen um, but it also allows you to run a lower pressure than you perhaps would with an inner tube which is uh, beneficial for several things it can help you deliver more grip over more technical sections and also give that extra comfort as well Um Having said that, you can still snake bite a tire with tubeless. This is my caveat. So if you run your pressures too low, just as you could snake bite a tube, you can snake bite the actual tire on the rim if you go over a rock or something. Trust me, I've done it twice. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've I've
0: also done that and yeah, cut cut the tire.
2: Yeah, and unlike a normal puncture, it can be really really difficult to seal. Um usually because they're right on the junction between the bead and the tire um so it's really really hard to patch or boot or anything like that and it can sort of be game over for a tire which um at the price of that obviously isn't ideal um so yeah play around you can play around with your pressures for sure and run them in general less than a tube but not too low
0: yeah and i think you know as i say there are benefits to, to both for me tubeless does does win out on on a gravel bike i'm not still- Completely convinced on 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 the road, but certainly mm. as tires are getting wider, then the the kind of potential benefits um, might be realised. But yeah, I think I'm I'm kind of fairly uh, convinced in my kind of uh, uh, commitment to to, to tubeless on, on gravel, as you say, kind of lower pressures. Uh, the kind of the standards are much more established these days in terms of the the wheel and tire interface. So generally speaking, a lot easier to to set up. The tolerances seem to be. Um, in a much better place, um, and the ability to to run a lower pressure on on a gravel mm. bike is is such a it, you know it's it's so key if you're doing any significant amount of um, off road riding.
2: And I think different brands as well um, offer different levels, like how easy they are to set up. So I found that um, during the testing, like TerraVale were among the best um, for just literally being able to set up with a track pump, which is quite unusual for tubeless. Whereas other brands like WTB, for example, would need um, compressed air or um, a little bit extra oomph to get them onto the rim and seated. Um, so if you are looking to dip your toes into tubeless for the first time, which I suggest you should <laughs> or could benefit you, then um, there are certainly options out there which will make life a little bit easier.
0: Yeah. And I think when you're, when it comes to um, our testing on on bike radar and, and your testing that's that's certainly a kind of a key thing that we would mm. would look at on a on a gravel tire you know how how easy is it to set up tubeless and there's there's lots of kind of you know there's caveats to that and you know it does depend on 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 the wheel but um you know good to know that you know some brands well some brands are better than others but generally speaking things are heading in the right direction and that's, and that's the same for road tubeless as well um, i think it's also right to say that you know most um Gravel bikes. When you buy them now, if they're not set up tubeless, then they'll be tubeless ready in terms of the wheels that are, are spec'd on the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hopefully, you shouldn't need too much to uh, to get going. But that's certainly for something worth considering if you are buying a bike: as to um, is it tubeless? If not, can you convert to tubeless? Um, you know, without too much additional outlay. Um, brilliant. Well, let's let's move on to tread pattern because. Um, you know, now we're kind of getting into the nitty gritty of you know choosing a specific tire once you've decided wheel size and, and whether you're going to run it tubes or tubeless. Um, and it's also the most obvious or, or kind of visual indicator of um, a particular tire's intentions. So um, I think kind of broadly speaking, you know, whilst there is quite a, a, a wide spectrum, there's your kind of your fast go fast gravel tires for kind of racing or, or light off road terrain. Um if you kind of think back to those axes you mentioned, Catherine, it's you know much more at the speed end of mm-hmm. end of things. Um completely at the other end, uh you've got your your kind of your mud or your your winter tires look a lot more like a mountain bike tire in its tread, although obviously a, a lot kind of a lot slimmer, a lot svelter. Um you've done mm-hmm. some testing of those uh for us recently. And then in the middle you've got your kind of your all rounders, which um without wanting to um talk for all of our listeners is actually the kind of tire that probably most people will be looking for. If you're kind of looking for a, a one tire to do it all solution with compromises along the way. So, um, Jack, what, what tire did you run for your, your recent, uh, uh, your recent ride considering you
1: were, um, slimming that down to 35 millimeters. Yeah. Al- although they're not uh bike radar approved, I use the um, <laughs> Paneracer <laughs> Gravel King SKs, um, which have quite, quite, quite small knobs, um, and some higher ones on, on the shoulder so it's a slightly unusual uh sort of sort of tire but um I've actually found them quite good for everything from um yes yeah, some, some some tracks through, through forest dryish tow paths they're not fantastic in the mud but I did know that I wouldn't be doing any um, particularly muddy riding just on um, the day, the, the most gravelly day actually, it was bone dry. Um, oh. And I could have done with something a bit wider for the um, the loose gravel. Um, it was sort of um, forestry tracks that had been recovered with this almost sort of um, uh, front drive sized stone. So th- those are quite large <laughs> and loose. Um, but for the firmer pack stuff, they were absolutely, absolutely perfect. Um, and yeah, because they're a bit narrower and they're not excessively grippy. When I when I did come onto the road or I was going on um, off off road um, firmish surfaces like some of the disused railway paths they were really really handy, um, but yeah and when it when it did come to some of the rougher surfaces like some of the um, uh, the country lanes in Pembrokeshire for example they it, it it is quite nice having a bit of an extra extra grip compared to a to a slicker road tire so overall quite a good choice um, but. I'd say most of my gravel riding, um, if I was going to have one, would probably be something like, um, would probably be a bit wider, and and definitely have a bit more, um, slightly larger knobs on it.
0: Hmm. I mean, um, this might be a difficult uh, question or task, Catherine, because um, <laughs> podcasts are a, an audio format, and I'm going to ask you to describe something. But if you're kind of thinking of your kind of your your typical fast gravel tire, um, you know, what would a, a kind of typical tread pattern look like there?
2: Yeah, I think if you think about the different areas of tread, so you've got the centre line, um, which is obviously what you're going to be using if you're riding and braking in a straight line, then the sort of mid-tread, which is between that and the shoulder, which is on the edges where you're going to be um, using the tread when you're cornering, Um, you'll typically find something that's quite smooth through the centre of the tread, but then flanked on the shoulders by something a bit more grippy so that you're getting that grip when you're leaning into corners, um, which you'll need, especially when you're doing it at speed. Um, so tend to have, yeah, either a smooth or semi-slick centre. Um, some have a raised tread down the centre, but like a continuous line. Um, so that's sort of something to look for if you're looking for something a bit pacier.
0: Mm, and uh, some some uh, quite well-rated kind of fast, racy gravel tyres like the the Schwalbe. G one speed, I think it is, which has been around for a few years now. Um, almost has a kind of file tread. Mm-hmm. It's you know very consistent from from front front to back and, and left to right, um, and rolls very well because of it. But perhaps not the, the grippiest option. So if you're kind of stepping up, stepping up from uh, your, your fast gravel tire to an all rounder, um, you know you're someone who perhaps lives in the UK, so encounters a variety of conditions, but doesn't want to be. Uh, messing about, kind of changing tires from one season to the next. Uh, you know, what kind of tread patterns should you be looking for there?
2: Yeah, so I think something typically f- like common in that category would be something like a WTB Nano. I ran those for years. Um, so you have directional knobs. Um, again, you might see something like a raised central tread that's quite um, consistent, but then um, sort of medium spacing to allow a bit of allow a bit of mud shedding, and then again more sort of generous. Uh, tread on the on the shoulders again to help with the cornering
0: mm. and uh, if we're kind of to, to really step it up to the um your, your kind of gnarly mountain bike-esque <laughs> kind of gravel tire is is you know it's, it's all down to that kind of shoulder and grip isn't it when you yeah. when you can look into that and also mud shedding
2: yeah so you're, you're more likely to find wider gaps between knobs Higher profile knobs, so sort of deeper things like siping. So that's when you have a little channel across either all the knobs or certain ones, and in different directions. So that helps remove water from the surface of the tire um, during sort of like wet, rainy, or muddy conditions. Um, and what we call more aggressive, which essentially is sort of deeper and quite often quite directional.
0: Mm, and, and what we'll do is we'll we'll put a link um, in this podcast description to our uh, buyer's guide to the best gravel tires, which. Uh, obviously has images of all of the tyres and, and the tread mm. patterns, which really visually kind of demonstrates what we're what we're talking about here and also um, recommends each of our recommended tyres for uh, a certain use case, whether that's kind of mostly road riding or hard pack or um, all the way through to uh, winter gloop.
2: I actually love it. It's one of my favourite games <laughs> and this sounds a bit sad. Out on the trail is like, especially if it's been a little bit muddy, you, like, you can spot different tyre treads and who... Based on who's been there before, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a Gravel King or that's a Nano. Or, and my favourite one was um, we were in mid Wales for a race called Gritfest. And at the same time, GB Juro, which is Land's End to John O'Groats sort of ultra um, off-road and road event, um, that was coming to uh, their first checkpoint where they all regroup um, about 50 kilometres away. So we stayed an extra night at GritFest and then rode to Checkpoint One to go and see some of the races. And in the lead was Lachlan Morton. And I knew that he was running Vittoria gravel tyres because that's what what the team was sponsored by at the time. And my friend Angus, I can't remember what he was on at the time, um, but I remember knowing what pattern he was riding. And... They'd been through the night before on this road that we were also following along Klimbriani uh, Reservoir, which is absolutely stunning for anybody who's ridden gravel around there um, in the Cambrian Mountains. And we could see um, Lachlan's tyre tracks, you know, as you'd expect, towards the left-hand side of the gravel track going around this reservoir. And then we saw Angus's, which were weaving from side <laughs> to side. It obviously had a bit of a tricky night before. But yeah, so funny because we could identify exactly who'd been through there based on the tyre tread.
0: So basically, you're, you're the the kind of cycling version of of kind of uh, animal tracking. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's quite handy if you're trying to follow someone.
0: Yeah, or absolutely. you
2: know, work out. Yeah,
0: and really kind of demonstrates your credentials there that you can also. <laughs> um, yeah, you can you can spot a tread pattern, and, and you know straight away it's a it's a it's a yeah. gravel. King. I'm
2: moving on to mountain biking now. It's been a bit of a gateway drug for me, and all of the treads just look the same to me. It's quite difficult to tell the difference.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. We'll, we'll we'll come back and we'll make sure we do another podcast on mountain bike tires in six months' time and, oh and put you to the test. <laughs> yeah. So, Catherine, kind of considering everything that we've talked about with with tread pattern and and the fact that there is such a, a huge variety. Um, firstly, I'd, I'd recommend, as I've said to. Uh, to research to kind of consider um what your kind of riding intentions are and, and to read uh the reviews that are available online but you know generally speaking Catherine, what what kind of advice would you impart as to how to try and uh really kind of land on the right choice
2: yeah that's a good one i think you could perhaps start in the middle ground and go for sort of an all-rounder and then have a think about whether that's serving you for what you need your kind of riding if you're going and doing stuff that's much more technical then you might want to um, switch them out for something a bit more aggressive, or you know, if you're spending a lot of time in the mud. <laughs> um, and similarly, if you find that you could actually be benefit, if you find that you could actually benefit from having something a little bit slicker because you're doing a lot of road work in between gravel sections, or you just want to do something that's a bit pacier, then again, you can go towards a lighter tire. And think about where you ride. For example, if I lived in the Peak District. I would probably have a really aggressive tyre because I'd want to do all those amazing bridleways that are what a lot of people might argue are mountain bike territory. Whereas if I lived in the New Forest and those were my local trails, they're all wonderfully graded sort of gravel tracks, then I probably wouldn't be too fussed about having anything that's particularly good at mud shedding because they don't see a drop of mud, (laughs) lucky people. (laughs) Um, So, yeah.
0: So kind of based on the the, the testing that you've done and also the tyres that you've used personally, if someone was looking for an all-round option, there are lots of good tyres available on the market, but are there any kind of particular ones that you'd recommend to to look out for?
2: Yeah, definitely. Like I mentioned before, WTB Nano is, um, yeah, golden in my eyes. I've run that for many years and really enjoyed it. Um, Something like a TerraVale Cannonball, or in a larger width, that's called a sparwood, fantastic tyre, um, there are actually quite a few sort of all rounder options out there. There's just a couple that I've tried and really enjoyed, um, but yeah, plenty more out there.
0: Yeah, and I think you know for your for your faster tyres, um, uh, Bontrager has a, a good option, the the GL1, uh certain used to be known as. Um, the Continental Terra Speed is one that, as I said, I've I've ridden a lot and and actually is a it's a fast tyre but has you know a decent amount of grip for summer use. Um, you've then also got your kind of almost kind of all road tyres which are much more at the, mm-hmm. the kind of 30mm 30 milli, 30 to 35mm width that uh, Jack used for his for his recent ride where actually you start to kind of get a mix of uh, road options and then kind of like gravel as well so um, yeah, potentially the, the kind of opportunity to go, to go even slicker so um, actually just to, to quickly kind of talk about some of the testing you've done for us very recently Catherine that was more your kind of winter mud tyres Yeah. what was your kind of your pick of the bunch there?
2: So we had a WTB Sendero, which is essentially just a cross-country mountain bike tyre in miniature. 47 millimetres cross. So much fun, but quite draggy on the road. Like, you do pay for it if you end up doing distance rather than mucking about in the woods on routes and popping off of things. Um, A Maxxis Ravager, which was narrow at 40 mil. Really good mud tyre, I thought. Um, Sort of more all-rounder territory. Probably something, I think the Rambler, which is a slightly less aggressive version of that, is um, really well regarded, although not one that I've tried myself um, as an all-rounder. And also the Terravel Rutland, which I really, really rate. And it's the second time that I've tested something, a Rutland, um, in a 700C size rather than a 650B, which I tested before. And again, I would really recommend the Rutland in that it was that perfect compromise of like really good all-weather grip, but also didn't feel too draggy. So, Sendero, I'd say for all out, you know, mucking about in the woods. Nah, yeah, <laughs> and Rutland or Ravager for a mix.
0: Well, good stuff. Yeah, they're yeah. all good tyres. Do <laughs> do go and um, read those reviews and, and and check out our recommendations. There's lots of tyres in that buyer's guide, and and some of the brands we haven't mentioned, including um, Pirelli and um, Donelli and, and Michelin. There's um, there's lots of good options to to choose from, tested by by the Bike Radar team. So. Um Jack I just wanted to kind of pick up on something you mentioned earlier where you've also used your gravel bike as a as a cyclocross bike. So, you know, it sounds like your kind of tire choice has been for a, a few different iterations.
1: So, you know, what's the what's the story there? What did you use for your for your cross racing? Yeah, in my uh first season of cross racing, I was um reluctant to splash out on an expensive pair of new tires. So, mm-hmm. um I was actually lucky enough to pick up a pair of um Continental um CX Kings from a clubmate who um no longer did any cyclocross and those are uh in 32 mils so uci compliant although the west Midland (laughs) cyclocross league is not governed by that by that um so in in that case actually there's no there's no reason why you couldn't have used a, a wider some of the wider mud tires that um catherine's mentioned um and yeah coming back to that um choice of cyclocross tire they they were really really good for most most of the season um where we didn't get much wet um wet weather um however on 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 a particularly muddy day um with the um the the lugs being a bit too close together they did clog up quite badly and i was slipping all over Mm -hmm. the place and without a bike change or a mechanic to hose off my wheels in between laps i was uh i was struggling a bit there so um yeah i'll try and um, try and get hold of some um so, 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 like full-on mud tire for november um december races uh, maybe something like a a, a Victoria um mud tire um which, mm. which 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 would have really really um aggressive tread but would um wouldn't wouldn't be too good um when in faster going
2: Victoria are actually a really good example of a brand that has historically made really, really good um, cyclocross tyres, Sorry, for example, the Terreno wet and dry. And now they're starting to be used for gravel applications, um, which is fine. But I'd just um, heed the warning that a tyre that's designed to be raced on grass versus something that's designed to be raced or ridden on um, stone, they're quite different um, needs. So I did test the Vittoria terreno dry and it was a fantastic tire but i was a little bit gutted and not at all surprised when the tire the sidewall split um punctured so if i was to buy that tire i would 100% recommend it as you were saying for something um that was a bit more all road because it was sort of slick over the center with this very low profile honeycomb comb sort of structure and then a lot more aggressive knobs at the side really really good tire but i would definitely opt for the one um that has the thicker casing if you're going to use it for gravel,
0: well, yeah, I mean that, that's that's a kind of good um, jumping-off point. I was going to say segue, I've said it anyway, but I'll say jumping-off <laughs> point again to the next um, the next point that we wanted to talk about, and that and that is puncture protection, um, mm. and that will uh, you know will it will largely come down to the the construction, um, but as you've just alluded to, the casing type as well, and something that you wrote in one of your recent reviews was that um, this particular tire was um, available in two casing types. Um, and perhaps you would have opted for the, the sturdier one. So can you kind of talk us through well, what a casing is and why it matters when it comes to puncture protection? Yeah,
2: sure. So the casing essentially describes the... Um,
0: casing. Casing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's really hard to describe. It's like The carcass or the thickness of the tyre um, with regard to specific materials used. Um, so essentially, most gravel tyres are offered in... Several different casings, so like Terravel, for example, they do a light and supple and a tough and durable option of different tyres. WTB do their standard tyre, and then they do the SG2, which is um, extra puncture protection. Um, so look for that in a lot of those. So if you're racing and you're really looking to scrimp on the grams and you want something that's really light and supple, then you might want to go for like a standard or a light tyre. But for me, I don't really like having punctures. <laughs> <laughs> I would be more likely to go for an option. And quite often they're like a fiver or a little bit more expensive, sometimes the same price, a little bit more, a um, little bit heavier quite often, not always. Um, and just know that you've got that extra puncture protection. I think that's because I enjoy doing multi-terrain, multi-day, multi-terrain rides Um where you can be somewhere quite remote and you know if you do have a huge tear right across the tread um then it's unlikely that you're going to be able to fix it um i'd rather that didn't happen if just as an example i was at the top of a slate quarry in north wales
0: (laughs) hypothetical i'm sure
2: hypothetical yeah yeah so i would tend to go for tires with added puncture protection um but yeah, of course, the, tw- the choice is yours.
0: Mm, yeah, and and you know, read the manufacturer descriptions of um, of, of the product, and um, you know, often it will allude to or talk about what puncture protection there is. Um, but you know, the casing type is 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 key in that regard, and whether there is any kind of added protection um, on top of that as a a bead-to-be bead breaker, or sometimes a. a, a Kevlar or or similar kind of um protection uh belt to to give you a little bit more um or hopefully kind of stave off punches, but you know, it can just come down to luck sometimes.
1: Mm. Um
0: so we we actually ran a, a very in-depth feature on um casings and um you know mountain bike kind of casings and and carcasses in particular. Um, a while back, so uh, we'll also kind of put that uh, a link to that in the um, in the podcast description if you do really want to geek out on casing types and and just how important they are, particularly with mountain biking because there are kind of endless options and it it can actually be really it is really confusing to try and kind of wade through them. so um it's uh, a good read if you're uh, if you're someone who enjoys uh, tire casings um so just uh as our kind of final point uh in terms of what to look for or what to consider when choosing a gravel tire, it's something we've spoken about a bit already, but uh width is is certainly key. So um to kind of kick us off with this one, Catherine, can you kind of talk us through what's the kind of typical uh range when it comes to gravel tire widths? Mm.
2: So if you think of cyclocross that's typically at thirty-three. That's as Jack said, UCI regulation, maximum width. Although I think some cyclocross tyres are offered up to about 35mm. So that's that end of the spectrum. And then mountain bike cross-country tyres, I know they're a bit wider than they typically used to be, but they're sort of from two inches onwards. I recently tested a downcountry bike that had 2.4 inches. So sort of in between there. But I'd say a really good starting point is 40mm. Um again wider than you'd experience on the road or for cyclocross but without being excessively wide that you're going to feel like particularly draggy obviously dependent on the tread.
0: So Jack for you, um, uh, assuming that you will swap out your um, 35mm tyre on on your Canyon Grail maybe you won't but
1: um, what for you is the kind of sweet spot when it comes to a a pure gravel tyre? Yeah I would completely agree with um, Catherine that if since um, most gravel bikes will come with Um, clearance for 40 um, 42 mil potentially potentially some older models might not take 45 i think it makes sense to use that clearance um particularly looking through looking through the summer um even though some of the faster gravel riding you might be able to get away with 35 because say uh, riding around the cotswolds you're likely to come across some quite stony tracks as well as smoother ones Mm. just having 40 mil just a bit more rubber a bit more comfort uh, particularly uh, running lower pressure at at tubeless although um, maybe maybe that's one of the reasons I'll get I will switch over (laughs) Um, yeah I think I think that's a really good starting point and you'd only be looking at the 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 really thinner end of the spectrum if um, yeah the it's it's incredibly firm packed or you're going to be basically using it as an all-road bike riding a lot on the road or nipping on and off dry, dry, uh, dry tracks on, onto tarmac yeah
0: and and i'd agree with both of you 40 millimeters as a, as a width is a is a really good starting point and um for me you know it doesn't kind of uh reduce your um speed or kind of add too much weight on the road but you know actually is is uh you know potentially a, a really sensible option off-road as well
2: I think you want to remember that you don't have to have a certain thing just to ride on gravel. Like, road bikes off-road is great fun. <laughs> and you've got to remember that Belgian Waffle Ride, which is one of the major races in the US, was won on a Trek Madone. Like, just because somebody said to you, oh, yeah, this is a gravel tyre, this is called a gravel king, this is called gravel power or whatever, like, if you want to try gravel and you're so daunted by the prospect of getting a bike... Or all the different tyres and there's so many different choices there's no reason in the drier months, even I've been doing it a bit on the road bikes I've been testing just to like link up different roads and stuff that you can't just do some light off-roading on a road bike or on road tyres, mils, like fairly standard now for a lot of bikes that's still a lot of tyre um, but I think having proper gravel tyres of about 40 mil plus just do make the whole experience a lot more enjoyable mm. and you can sort of let go and enjoy it a bit more than um, sort of prancing about on the loose stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and that is a really good point. You know, I suppose the, the assumption here is that um, you are uh, choosing a tyre specifically for gravel, but actually kind of being underbite in a certain scenario, whether that's a road bike on on gravel or a gravel bike venturing onto, uh, you know, easy-ish kind of mountain bike tracks or, as a mountain biker, kind of starting to push the limits of where your your skills might lie, that is, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot um, of fun. <laughs> you know, And that's part of the exploration of gravel riding or, or any cycling as well. It's turning the bike down uh, a track or a road that you, you know, you, you're you not quite sure where it goes, but actually, it, you know, it could be, it could turn out to be a brilliant trail right on your doorstep that you never knew about. So, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree about that and, and was saying to someone just the other day, actually, that's one of the real benefits of, the move to wider tyres mm. or additional clearance on road bikes is because yeah you, know, you could still you can still venture off road on skinny twenty three millimetre road tyres but if you've got a twenty eight or a thirty millimetre tyre actually a lot of gravel riding in inverted commas you know can be kind of quite open to you yeah definitely I'm um, thinking back to last year we did uh, um Rafa's a day in hell ride um, <laughs> in the Bristol area so they they kind of set up a, a kind of bay Roubaix. Um, Inspired course in locations um, certainly across the country, if if not around the world. Um, and we'd had a, a period of dry weather in the build-up, so um, there were six or seven of us. You know, someone was on a cyclocross bike. I was on a, on a gravel bike with quite a fast tire. Someone had a six fifty B wheel set with a really chunky tire, and then um, Simon from the the bike radar team had his giant TCR with a thirty millimeter road tire, and we were all fine. No one got dropped. We all had a great laugh kind of bashing along these kind of baked um, farm tracks. And, Mm. you know, in some scenarios, some of us were better off than others, but we're all on bikes just having a good time. And that's, you know, that is a good thing to remember. So it's a great point, Catherine.
2: I think that's also what you say there um, about, you know, at some point certain people had better suited bikes for the terrain than others. Um, If you live in the UK, it's not Kansas. (laughs) We are our gravel, and I'm using inverted commas here. Um, it's a real mix, unless you're lucky to live in like the highlands where you have oodles and oodles of gravel roads, or mid Wales, or certain, you know, New Forest. And so you might be underbiked on a particular section that's really rocky or muddy, or you might have to walk a certain bit. And then on another section, you'll be flying, you know. This is again why there's no such thing as a perfect gravel tyre. You just have to find the one that sort of aligns best with the kind of stuff that you want to ride that's close to you or whatever um so yeah it's a real mitch mash in the uk
0: <laughs> mm. um, well hopefully the advice that we've given will um help people find the right the best tyre for their uh the riding that you've got planned this year but i think just to wrap up um it's worth just talking about tyre pressure very briefly because this is a, a really kind of in-depth topic that we can Uh, and should and I will commit to it we will do a podcast on (laughs) uh, tyre pressure for gravel bikes in future but um, for you Catherine you know what uh, you know what are the kind of key considerations that you or one needs to make when trying to land on the right tyre pressure because uh, there are so many factors that can potentially influence it Mm.
2: I think the width of your tyre or the volume that's therefore implied um your system weight, so that's things like the rider weight and any luggage that you might be carrying with you um and the kind of terrain that you're gonna be riding, so obviously um a very smooth like gravel road is gonna be less sensitive to pressure differences and something that's really quite gnarly and rocky and uh rooty where you could potentially um pinch a tire on a rim or something like that. I have to admit that I am not very scientific when it comes to. Um, pressure setups I literally just go on feel um, and like feeling across the tyre with the what's that part of your thumb called I don't I'm not sure if it has a name actually Um, the sort of meaty bit on your palm below your thumb the chunky
0: bit if you're you're thinking of a chicken drumstick
2: so rather than pinching a tyre with the tips of your fingers which doesn't really teach you much I think this was something I picked up from someone at cyclocross sort of feeling across um, your tyre with almost with your palm, that gives you quite a good indication. And I've just always erred on the side of caution because I don't want to end up with another um, pinched tyre. But I tend to, you know, start off relatively hard and then let off little bits as and when until it feels about right. Um, But I know that there's some really good tyre calculators online, tyre pressure calculators for gravel that you can put in all your data and your weight and uh, tyre width and blah, blah, blah. And then that'll help you at least give you like a bit of a starting point for your pressures.
0: Mm, yeah. I mean, and, and zip is, is one of the brands that um, has a really good high pressure calculator um, with lots of um, criteria or factors or parameters, even that you can put in uh, with gravel being one of them, I suppose to give you a starting point because um, yeah, it can make a real difference in terms of, you know, grip and comfort and puncture protection mm. and speed and, um, and so, uh, you know, if you are someone who wants to experiment with your setup, then a starting point is great and then you can experiment. And as you say, kind of let out a little bit of air or um, get a, a digital pressure gauge that you can take out with you to try and land on, uh, you know, what is the right number for you for a particular tyre and, and tyre width. Um, not to put you on the spot, Jack, but um, <laughs> is there a particular tyre width that, uh, or kind of tyre pressure that uh, is right
1: for someone of your build? Um i suppose i'm quite i'm quite tall but fairly slim um, about 75 kilos so if i did have when when i considering the bags i was taking i think that probably got me well over 80 kilos um i did put a bit more air in um i think i was probably about uh 60 65 psi for, for my trip but if i was say just doing a pretty much exclusively gravel ride around say birmingham I might go down to about, even with, even with tubes, down to sort of 50, 55. And um might, might feel a little bit odd on the road, but I think that that gives quite a lot of grip. Um, I was, um, and yeah, I, I have been scolded um, d- during cyclocross and um, for running like way too much air in my tyres. And I think it's when you start off, you, f- you think it's sort of at, like pressure gives you a bit of security, but it can be yeah. surprising, tubes or tubeless, um, how much you can let out. But it's probably best to start off with a little bit too much and then then you can let it down. Um, and, yeah, whether you go really scientific with a gauge or just sort of on feel, um, you can even go down to sort of below 20 with with tubes. And as long as the, there's nothing really to hit, say it's on a grassy course or grassy gravel ride, mm. you will be fine. Um, obviously, that is really, really low, but... Um, yeah it, it really depends how how much you're going on firmer stuff mm, yeah and some some cyclocross riders and races will yeah
0: as you say drop drop tire pressures kind of um insanely low but you know it, it can be done particularly with 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 tubeless um but yeah i think kind of starting or kind of um having a little bit of caution to begin with and then uh you know dropping down over um a period of time and experimenting is is probably good advice to um to wrap the podcast up with so um before we finish jack you know what's next for you and,
1: and your gravel bike over over the coming months and this summer um that, that's a really good question actually um as soon as i got back from my um my my, my trip i ha- really really got the bug so i have started planning um long last cumru which is mm-hmm. i'm probably going to go from south to north which goes from um cardiff right up to hollyhead um so yeah it's about a 400 kilometer ride and you can do you can stick to the roads or you can go um you can take in some gravel sets as well so i think once i've completed a few sportives on the road over the summer i think that'll be my next gravel adventure i mean nice. do, you, do you
0: only do your your epic rides in in wales because last year you did the dragon <laughs> ride now you've done
1: the celtic way and then you're returning back back to the homeland for for your next adventure yeah, I th- it's just got this. Um, yeah, being half Welsh and being sort of identifying as Welsh. Um, um, yeah, growing like being given a, a Welsh rugby shirt as a, a as an infant. Um, <laughs> it just has this draw. It has this draw to me, and I think um, yeah, it, there was this fantastic sense of nostalgia going over some going through some places that I knew from childhood holidays, but also discovering. So yeah, I think I think I think if I can sort of ride around Wales, then then maybe I'll move on to somewhere else. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, yeah, you're, you're well placed where you are in,
0: in Birmingham to hop across the border as as we are in Bristol. Um, what about you, Catherine? Once you've wrapped up your, um, your road bike testing for Bike of the Year, will you be back on the gravel bike?
2: Yeah, I've been doing a bit of road and a bit of mountain biking, but I'm actually really looking forward to getting another decent bikepacking trip in this summer. And... Prior to the last couple of years, I'd been doing a trip every year, so trying to get from Land's End to John O'Groats off-road, but in little chunks, different holidays, different people. But I've decided, um, actually, instead of John O'Groats, I'd like to finish up the last chunk from Glasgow going up to Cape Roth instead. Because, then this is the great thing, if you go to Cape Roth, uh, you can register with Cycling UK to be a member of the fellowship and you get a certificate in the post and a little patch which is quite nice.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a, a very wholesome, pleasant thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, Catherine is a, a, a font of uh, gravel knowledge and um, particularly when it comes to route planning. So um, if any of you listeners are listeners are looking for inspiration, Catherine's profile and, and collections on Commute are definitely worth checking out. There's there's lots of bikepacking uh, routes and kind of uh, single day gravel rides to, to seek inspiration from. So... Uh, I might just do that myself and, and get my plan sorted for yeah, the summer. Yeah, what's so, yours? Oh, you've, you've, you've turned it back on the <laughs> host.
2: <laughs> you um, don't get to get away with it.
0: I Yeah, so as, as I've said in this in this podcast, I've I kind of been running a, a fairly kind of narrow, kind of speedy gravel tyre on my bike recently. It's a little bit of a silly setup, to be honest, because it's quite a narrow, it's 40 millimeters, which we've said uh, is the sweet spot, but it's on a 650b wheel set, so I can certainly go a lot wider. So... Mm. I'm going to revert my gravel bike to a more appropriate setup. So whether that's a wider 650b tire or um, uh, sticking a, a kind of bigger 700c wheel set in there. Um, and uh, we've spoken about this, but the Torino Nice course that you yes. did last year, um, I'm not I'm not committing to this. Even though I'm saying <laughs> it over have. over, over the radio it. waves, <laughs> uh, I'd love to do something like that. You know, in the high mountains, kind of. Um, Old kind of gravel military roads through mm-hmm. kind of um, northern Italy and into France. You know that would be incredible. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, more kind of manageable. Me and a few friends have just talked about doing the South Downs Way in the UK, which is um, can be done as a single day ride. It's a hundred miles, but um, I think uh, an overnighter sounds like a much more sensible and enjoyable option for me. So nice, yeah, maybe a, a kind of overnight bikepacking trip in in the south of England. I'd love to. I'd love to get in a. Um, a trip over to Wales and um, perhaps kind of check out some of the riding that, that Jack's been doing um, for a more adventurous <laughs> bikepacking trip. And then, um, yeah, if I can get abroad with a gravel bike this year and uh, get off the beaten track a bit, then yeah, that'd be brilliant. So there you go. Just uh, committed myself to doing basically two <laughs> weeks of bikepacking this summer. Sounds Amazing. like we've got the next um, few episodes of the gravel diaries sorted that's it yeah yeah do check out the gravel diaries as well we're we're a multimedia brand across podcasts and and the website and and our youtube channel where we have our gravel diaries series so um let's wrap it up there hopefully this has been uh helpful for you um we love to know what you think when it comes to the podcast please do leave us a review on your podcast provider of choice it it, uh you know we we really value your feedback and it, it does help us in the podcast rankings as well so Uh, Catherine, it's been great to have you back on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And Jack, uh, great as ever to have you on the Bike Radar podcast. Thanks very much, George. Absolute pleasure. And thank you once again for listening. We'll speak to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com.